0: welcome to the big branding small business podcast i'm your host jeremy allen and in this podcast we will explore how to build better brands because your business is your brand and it's the foundation of your bottom line if this is your first time listening to big branding small business podcast thank you so much for choosing this podcast out of the millions of other podcasts you could have chosen. Or if you're a regular listener to Big Branding Small Business podcast, thank you still the same for choosing this podcast over and over again. Now, let's get into this episode. Every year, I challenge myself to read a few books. Probably more than a few books. I'm not the biggest reader in the world, but I have learned to love it over the last few years. And one of the books that I have fallen in love with that I always bring back into rotation is a book called Primal Branding by Patrick Hanlon. I don't find this on the top five or top ten of a lot of branding experts out there, but I find it very insightful and very helpful for me and my business and also I think you would find it helpful as well. So this is episode 13. I recorded early on in recording this podcast. And I just want to revisit this episode and bring it back to the forefront of Big Branding Small Business Podcast so that you can enjoy the insights that I took away from that episode a few years ago. So this is a replay of another episode. I'll be fully transparent with that. And I hope you enjoy. Feel free to leave a comment or a review and let me know what you thought about this episode. So the book is titled Primal Branding by Patrick Hanlon. Now this is just a fascinating read and holds a lot of truth in the way it's structured. Now what he really kind of goes over in this book is he... Just kind of talks to you about seven assets. And the cool thing is, is uh, he worked for a lot of agencies and big creative companies uh, in his career. I don't know a whole lot about his past. I haven't done research on him particularly. But what he figured out with working with the big brands, uh, he wanted to look to some of the biggest brands out there, whether it's corporate or personal, and just say, hey, what's that magic glue, if you will, that makes people stick to that brand? And he determined through all his research that there are seven brand messages or assets that each successful brand had. And for those of us that are building out a small business, basically these things also need to be present to create preferential brand appeal. So these don't automatically work. They're not magic pills. But in his research, he discovered that these seven things were very present in some of the biggest brands and the most successful brands in the world so i'll just kind of list those seven things out for you real quick the first one is the creation story every successful brand needs a creation story the second one is the creed the third one is the icons the fourth one is the rituals fifth one You've got to have non-believers or pagans, as he calls them in the book. The sixth one, you've got to have sacred words. And the seventh one, you've got to have the leader. Now, later on in the episode, I'll unpack those a little bit further just to kind of give you some more information behind why he chose to call those that. But the whole idea is to properly manage all seven of these elements. Now, he calls it a primal construct, and they basically help create a belief system. And that belief system, if if managed properly, can create a group of evangelists and advocates that are just committed to your brand through thick and thin. I am an Apple fan. I've mentioned this in the past on other episodes. They have gone through thick and thin, and yeah, I still use their product. I may not like some of the things that they change or update or whatever the case may be, but I know what to expect when I purchase an Apple product. And until that day changes, I will stay an Apple loyalist. Now, if you listen to what I just said, the caveat is that this has to be properly managed. It's not about just focusing on your customers and how can we excite and wow our customers. Because what ends up happening is you overlook the most often overlooked group for most companies. Now, I'm a solopreneur, so I don't have to take a lot of this into consideration. But the employees or the people inside your organization... Or some of the most critical people that you have to get on board with your brand in order to affect and have a positive impact on your customers. Because if you don't get the people inside your organization to believe this, how can they possibly convince others to believe this as well? Let's take a few minutes and go over the seven pieces of primal code that can be... um, Kind of looked at like a map, or if you want to, just a checklist or a guide for your brand. The first one is the creation story. Where you come from is just as important as what you believe in. And this really helps provide answers to why people should, or in some cases, should not care about your brand and what you stand for. Now, one of the first things I do when I'm creating a brand strategy for a company is I nail down their brand story. This creation story is critical to building out any other step in the brand strategy process, the mission, the values, the vision, the promise, anything that helps prop up your brand through words or speech or actions. It comes from a good brand story. Now you need to have a world that is so horrible and bad and you're trying to change this world and this is what you can bring to this world and then also wrap it all up with this is the future. This is the big, hairy, audacious goals that I'm going to set forth within my brand and I want to invite you in on this journey and we can create this world together. Now that's the kind of impactful brand story that you need to start any kind of brand strategy, Uh, whether you work with me or somebody else always always be thinking about what is my creation story now the next thing we move on to is the creed now the creed is basically just simply define and understand and communicate the mission you are on like i said before we're creating a world together with our customers they need to be first simple it needs to be very concise And it also needs to be actionable. In some cases, they need to be really bold. Not just your average scratch the surface. Oh, this could apply to any type of company out there. It's not unique to me. We've all seen the missions and the visions and things that don't really inspire you to take any type of action for a particular brand or a company that you may be working for or aligning yourself with. So it needs to stand out. It doesn't need to just be average. Now, the third thing is the icons. Now, here's the fun part. Most of us, when we think icons, we think pictures or images or logos or religious symbols or flags or this or that. It's all visually based. Now, what's cool that Patrick does in this book, Primal Branding, is he says that an icon is basically a concentration of meaning that resonates. Now, that could be anything you see, you smell, you feel, and it really is more than just a logo. I mean, it's more... That's why I've said in the past that your logo... As it used to be thought of 10, 20 years ago for most corporations, this is not thought of as the same. It doesn't hold the same value that it used to years ago. Now, that's not to say you don't need a logo, but you need to think about a logo and everything that surrounds that logo in a different way. That these things can represent your company and create that meaning. I just went through a brand, we call that a refresh. And the reason is is we weren't running in away from anything. We were just enhancing what we already built upon. And we have just simple two dots. I think I mentioned this in one podcast episode that those two dots can carry so much meaning because of the creative visual way that the agency that we worked with has applied them and giving them this meaning so basically you can make meaning out of literally nothing it's just what is that story what is that meaning behind that that people can resonate with so The fourth thing that uh, he talks about is the rituals. Now, the rituals are basically just a way to make touch points more pleasant. Now, I think about Chick-fil-A, and I know on episode eight, we had Kimber Morgan, who was the marketing director for Chick-fil-A. And she mentioned the it's my pleasure, the vernacular that is used, the speech that is used within the walls of Chick-fil-A. Now, it just a simple touch point. You've gone through hundreds of drive-thrus, but you know without a shadow of a doubt when someone works in any drive-thru and they use the phrase it's my pleasure, you know where they've come from. You know the culture. You then know the story behind why that is that they say that and this is summed up so nicely by patrick that he basically says creating touch points that are made more pleasant so think about how you can make just basic boring interactive touch points with your consumers and customers and clients vendors even more pleasurable now the fifth thing that he mentions is the non-believers are pagans so basically when you define all your mission and your vision and your brand story like you are clearly stating you stand for something and when you stand for something that means you don't stand for something else and so a lot of times in creative thinking classes they tell you if you get stuck on trying to find out what you are or what a problem is Think about what the problem is not. Sometimes it's a reverse thinking process. And that's where this comes into play. Coca-Cola has its adversaries in Pepsi. And Apple has its adversaries in Microsoft. And so on and so forth. Those are some big examples. But you're going to have a pagan or a non-believer or an adversary or a demon that you're fighting in some case uh, in your brand messaging. Now, the sixth thing uh, that we want to cover are your sacred words. Now, sacred words basically just simply tell others who we are. Uh, It's not corporate jargon, but it is a set of phrasing and phrases. Like I said, it's my pleasure. And these things combine people together. Now, I'm part of a workout group that is a national workout group. It's completely free. It's called F3, which stands for Fitness, Fellowship, and Faith. So one of those special components is that um, when you first join the workout group, again, it's completely free. You walk on, and you just start working out with these guys. And it's a great peer-to-peer group of men that are All about being leaders, uh, advocates for good in the community, and really just overall good within their home life and their homes and their friend groups. One of the things you do at the end of your first workout is that you get a nickname. Now this name is derived from just various hobbies, activities, things you do. Maybe if a friend brought you, then it's something your friend knows about you. But it's all in fun and jest, and you are assigned a new name. And this is the name that you go by throughout your workouts and when you are done with workouts, your handles on any social media, uh, groups that you would have with other workout groups across the U.S. And honestly, when I travel and you see somebody with that F3 logo on their shirt or hat. I have been in many places and this has happened that the first thing I'm able to do is ask them what's their name and they know immediately what I'm talking about and so they clearly state their name. I state my name and then now we have a common interest in even though we were strangers 10 seconds ago and that is Really, to me, it's, it's quirky or funny or silly, that may sound to a lot of people. That really speaks to the power of what this uh, can unlock for your brand, even. The, the vernacular, the sacred words, if you will, that surround your brand. And the power of connecting people that were strangers five seconds ago. It gives people a common cause to get behind. And then the last, the seventh thing is the leader. The example he gives in the book is like you can have an elephant without a head, but it's literally just going to destroy everything in its path. Even though it went somewhere, it's going to destroy everything. And if you don't have a leader who stands for these things, believes in these things and lives these things out it's one thing to use lip service as a leader but it's another thing to actually walk it out and take action that aligns with these missions these visions these sacred words these rituals that you have created within your company walls and another great example he gives in this book is starbucks at some point Most of us have ordered some type of coffee or Starbucks, and you don't order a small, medium, or large. You order a grande, or a venti, or short. So these things are well known within the Starbucks-verse. That's the size of small, medium, and large. Now, there are a lot of tactics and tips and tricks that a lot of podcasts give out there as far as covering all the different things that are happening within the social sphere uh, marketing worlds, things that uh, drive traffic and convert customers and things like that. But what I love about this particular book is that it talks about the core components that he found in some of the most successful brands and really drilled it down to the essence or the DNA of that brand that makes them so successful, what makes people flock to their um Communities and to flock to their events and things like this. Now, basically, brands are ideologies, if you will, with their own little universe of truths, iconography, some history. They've got their heroes. They've got their demons. And the more pieces of this code, as he calls it, is communicated to the public, the stronger your cause or your organization, your product your service or your community. I mean, it covers them all, basically creating a world of believers Uh, And really when you do this, you're creating that group of people who feel that they belong they belong and align with your ideals and when they do that it gets them so excited that they tell others about you and they convince others to join your cause like it's the right cause and it's the right thing to believe in and think of the things that mean something to you now all these things come from someplace. You, if you really look hard enough, you can find that creation story, and they obviously have to stand for something. That is where the creed comes in, and then you see how they symbolized themselves either by a color or a font or a sign or a sound or a smell or all of them combined uh, in this branding. And these are the icons, uh, if you will, and then. There are certain things you do. It's my pleasure for Chick-fil-A and the Venti and the things that um, the way you order a Starbucks uh, drink. I mean, these are speak to the ritual side of things. And then uh, again, with the words that evoke uh, certain emotions or create a pleasant experience. And then you kind of contrast that experience against all the other experiences and see how that's feels and then that's where your pagans kind of come in or your non-believers and then they have an individual whether real or fictional who is behind the whole thing basically that's your leader and it's all creating a sense of meaning because ultimately that's what people want out of life they want meaning out of life and for brands to stand in the gap and give them something to believe in is truly unlocking that primal code or that primal branding to create evangelist for your particular brand now i'll finish by saying this the primal code is all part of a narrative like we are all part of a narrative and this is definitely part of a narrative and in its essence it's storytelling when you hear a story and there's something missing from the story or something gets cut out it kind of leaves you confused and wanting more so really when you work on the storytelling component when these pieces of the story are all together and nothing's missing um You don't have to worry about the story becoming less interesting. Because if something's missing, it becomes less interesting. And then when people become less interested in your brand or what you say or do... They're ultimately just dissatisfied and then they just turn away. And that goes against everything that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into in trying to build this business. You want to attract instead of turn people away. Again, another critical book that was pivotal in my journey in branding and really kind of helping me to speak more towards small businesses about how to kind of lean into and learn these uh, components when you're building your small business that can help uh, make it that much stronger and that more effective because there's a lot of small businesses doing a lot of good and they need to understand how and what to use some of this thinking on within building their business. Again, You've got to ask yourself the question, what am I doing in my business besides just trying to make money? Because everybody's trying to just make money in their business. Now, if you want to find out what separates you, you can go to my website at nobsbranding.com where I have a free workshop available. And when you sign up to receive that workshop, you'll also get a follow up email that has the podcast episode where I run this workshop with a client of mine so that you can kind of gain some context and understand some of the questions and thinking that goes behind this workshop. So thank you again so much for everyone out there that has listened to my podcast. It truly means the world to me. And that's it for this episode where I talk about Patrick Hanlon's book, Primal Branding. I'll drop a link below in the description where you can check out the book for yourself.